Before we dive into this episode, I want you to think about what it would feel like to have your dream clients begging to work with you. Your DMs are flooding with inquiries, emails are pouring in, and your past clients are sending over all of their friends to work with you. Trust me, babe, you've been putting in the work, investing in your education, and reaching new levels in your self-development and skills. I see you. But do your dream clients actually see you online? I have a handful of intuitive content coaching calls available and would love the opportunity to help you shine online. Check out kianamarie.com slash connect to learn more. Together, we work closely to generate a ton of content for your business, not just trends, but genuine content that feels true to you and your business. From my kitchen table to yours, we come up with a content plan flooded with behind the scenes clips, client experience, and upcoming events. You are a big deal, my love. We just need more people to know about you. Let's capture that twinkle in your eye and share your passions online. Your dream clients are just one scroll away from finding you. Let's connect with them. Find more details at kianamarie.com slash connect. I can't wait to see you shine online. Now let's get this party started. Good morning, beautiful. Today is a great day and I am beyond honored and truly grateful to introduce you to today's guest. We are going to be diving deep, answering those juicy questions, sparking those conversations that a lot of us have, but maybe so fearful to ask. I know in today's society, we are exposed to cancel culture And that can be very liberating for some, but for many, it can also be crippling and sometimes puts us in a position where we don't want to put ourselves out there, or we are truly afraid to offend everyone. So we just don't say anything. So if this is resonating with you, I am so, so happy you're here to chat with one of my besties in the wedding industry. His name is Ty Z. Wilson. Ty is a gay wedding photographer in Seattle, Washington, who celebrates love for passionate couples and documents their life in such a beautiful, vibrant, and genuine way. I met Ty through our Show It community, and Show It is what our websites are created through. We've met at multiple, multiple United events. Spark is coming up this November, and of course, different conferences and workshops and retreats over the years. Ty is that best friend that everyone wishes they had someone to truly connect with. So without further ado, let's welcome Ty to the party, pull up a comfy seat, grab a drink, and let's get this party started. Welcome to Keanu Marie Weekly, a podcast for creatives who love to celebrate wins, big or small, by dancing in the kitchen, photographers who are excited to serve their clients, and friends who are ready to chase really, really big dreams. You can find all of the resources mentioned in this episode at kianamarie.com slash podcast. Join me as I share weekly motivation, chat about growing pains, finding genuine connections, and celebrating your wins through the lens of a photographer at heart. Come join me for a dance party. Ready? Let's go. All right. All right. Welcome to the party, Ty. I'm so, so thankful you're here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, this is definitely a hot topic. And by hot, I mean fun and truly a topic that I feel like some people may be afraid to talk about with this cancel culture going on and all of this, you know, just I would say the heat of our 
society right now can be a little scary, but we all know that with a little bit of education and a little bit of fun facts and encouragement, I feel like there's no hard questions and that we can truly make everyone feel welcome and loved. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yay. So let's dive right into these questions. I'm so thankful that you're here to chat about being more inclusive and truly just being more welcoming to any wedding guest, couple, anyone that is inquiring with us. Let's just get to these juicy questions. So Ty, how can wedding photographers be more inclusive and what exactly does that mean? Yeah. So I think the the second part of that is the most important thing is what does it mean to be inclusive? And I think to really be inclusive, it means that you're, you know, open and willing to be supportive of, you know, love or your couples, your clients in whatever form their relationship looks like to them. For some people, it might be same sex, you know, same sex relationships. Some people, it might be non-binary or, you know, they might have a trans identity. Sometimes it can even be, you know, race-based. And I think being inclusive is just, you know, being open to working with anyone despite, you know, them maybe having a different way of life than you or different beliefs than you and just accepting them for who they are um, and loving them for what makes them different than you, not, you know, what makes them the same as you. I think the very first thing that, you know, people can do, or I guess what visually, if we're talking to photographers, what visually can be done to show that you're inclusive is to really show imagery of that inclusion. So if you're trying to, you know, be inclusive of same-sex couples or LGBTQ couples, show same-sex couples or show non-binary couples on your website. If you're trying to be inclusive of racial minorities, show black individuals or black couples on your website. Show, you know, Latina couples on your or Latinx couples on your website. Show what you want to be inclusive of and you will start to naturally attract that as well. But if it's you know, kind of across the board with wedding vendors, maybe you're, you know, not a photographer. And so you're not like, oh, well, I can't just go out and get these images myself. You know, maybe I'm a um, event planner and I have to wait for, you know, images from a wedding photographer. It doesn't have to be just images. You can, you know, include a statement on your website talking about how you're inclusive, talking about how, you know, all love is welcome and how you don't exclude people based on who they love. Follow that up with, if you blog, write blog posts about how you're inclusive and why, you know, inclusion is important to you, why diversity is important to you. And then go out of your way to get those images, regardless of what type of vendor you are. You have to follow it up by some sort of action as well. I love that. And I remember recently we were chatting about different ways that you, I believe you have um, information on this on your website. Like you have tons of resources for photographers and small business owners. So like, what are some action steps they can do? Cause, and I want to be totally blunt with this conversation. And I just want to ask the juicy questions that most people are thinking. So let's say you are a photographer in a small town, And maybe just by circumstance, you don't have access to a lot of diversity, or you maybe don't even have friends in your local group that are trans that you would love to just be more open and accepting of. So what would be your course of action to, without being too obvious, right? Like you don't want to just go out and start pointing (laughs) at people and be like, Hey, I think you're pretty or Hey, you know, you and your boyfriend, I really want to photograph the two of you. Can we, can we hook up? Right. So like, what is something that we can do kindly (laughs) to get these models? 
Yeah, great question, great question. And that's what everyone's fear always is, right? Especially if you're like based in central US or you know, away from a big, big city, if you're in a small town, a lot of people think like, oh, well, I just, there's you know, no gay community around me or there's no queer community around me. How do I go about finding these people? I don't know anyone. First of all, we're everywhere. So <laughs> we're likely in your hometown. I don't care if you're in the middle of Oklahoma and your town has 300 people in it. We're, we're there. That being said, I would say the very first thing, include a statement on your website if you have it, just to let people know before you even like reach out and find people. Because usually if you're going to reach out to someone and ask like, hey, can I take your photograph? Um, and if you're doing it, you know, not in person, asking them directly, like if you're doing it over online, they're probably going to Google you and they're probably going to check out your work. And if they're the first person that you've ever potentially photographed or are wanting to photograph, they're not going to see themselves on your website. And so they have to at least see some sort of statement on your website saying, you know, what your values and beliefs are. So, you know, something that you value, you know, you believe every person is deserving of dignity and respect. And, you know, you advocate for LGBTQ rights or women's rights and racial equality. And, you know, you need to recognize these things and state on your website that you support all love, all genders, all bodies, you know, all races, all abilities, so that they at least know uh, that they can trust you or that, you know, that they hope that they can trust you. And then the next step is, okay, how do we actually ask people? I always say start as close to home as possible. So if you have any, you know, queer friends or you have any friends who are involved in the LGBTQ plus community, reach out to them first and say, you know, hey, this is something that's really important to me. You know, my business values inclusivity. We want to show that we're inclusive and supportive of, you know, the LGBTQ community. And I want to showcase that so that, you know, people who come to my website can see, they can see themselves represented. Talk about how representation is really important to you. And then ask if you can photograph them. If you're upfront with your intention behind it, a lot of people are going to say yes, especially if, you know, obviously you're providing that those photos for free or that session for free. Anyone who comes up to me, like if they were to be like, hey, you know, I, this is why I want to photograph you, hands down, I'll say yes. If they don't state that and they're like really pushy about like wanting to photograph me, I get a little bit hesitant. I'm like, is this tokenism? Because you're not even upfront about like, what your ask is for. Um, so just, just let them know ahead of time. But if you don't have anyone, you know, close to home that you know, two things that you can do, reach out to a local, you know, um, queer organization, look for some type of, you know, queer community close to where you live and get involved with them. Volunteer if they need, you know, assistance with anything or if they're planning events, um, just offer to show up, you know, be hands, get involved before making the ask, and then you can make the ask. Or if you need to, go to a different location. You know, it's okay to take a business trip to get the content that you need. Set up, you know, a, a styled shoot and hire models. We hire straight models all the time. So we can go ahead and hire queer models. You know, we can hire, you know, other racial minorities as well. Like we can hire the models that we want and pay them for the service that they're providing us. And they're providing us an opportunity to showcase the work that we want to attract. 
I love that. And I feel like you hit it right on the nail where you said it's important to kind of share the heart and the reason why, instead of just asking for photos and saying, Hey, I have this opportunity for you. I have this opportunity (laughs) for you to take really pretty pictures and, Oh, I'm checking out this location. Right. Like if we can really share the reasoning behind it, because I just feel like it's a ripple effect where if you can showcase one loving couple that's just going to bring in more and make more people feel comfortable in their own skin. That that's what I'm all about. It doesn't matter who you are, who you love or what you look like, as long as you can feel confident and loved in your own skin, that's just magical. And so, so I love how you mentioned you have to lead with that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned that ripple effect, like if you start with that honesty and vulnerability of like why you're asking they're going to be more willing to be open and vulnerable to taking a chance on, you know, letting you photograph them. I love that. And I'd love to kind of backtrack a little bit where you mentioned already having that copy or that text on your website. Okay. And I've heard even just in this conversation already, we've kind of been dropping some names, right? So I've heard queer, I've heard same sex marriage, I've heard gay, um, I've heard trans. And so I, and this is part of why I want to have this genuine conversation ties. Cause like, what do all these, I mean, I, I, I am educated enough to know what these words mean, but, um, for anyone Where's listening, their place? Yeah. yes. Like where do they belong? What is, and I hate using this word blanket statement, but like, what's like <laughs> a safe word that we can use. Can you share just your insight on these different words? Absolutely. And that's a really great question. And I think it's, something a lot of people fear if they're not part of the LGBTQ community, they're like, oh no, which, you know, which terminology do I use? Is it okay to use this versus this? Am I going to get in trouble? The thing is, there's no right or wrong answer, right? So I've used a lot of different terms. And the reason I've, I kind of do that intentionally, um, one, because there is just language that I use, but also because I want people to know that there's not one right or wrong answer of what verbiage to use. I personally use the word queer a lot. Not everyone likes that word, you know? So some people might stray away from it. They might be scared about it and that's fine. You definitely don't have to use it as I'm, you know, it's a little bit safer for me to use the word queer since I'm part of the LGBTQ community. I don't have to worry as much um, about offending someone since it's something that I can personally identify with. So what I would say is, you know, If you're ever in a situation where you're uncertain of what term to use, you can use something like LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQ+. Um, I kind of call it the alphabet soup. Um, You can use (laughs) that that terminology um, just because people will know exactly what you're referring to. And then you're not also, you know, honing in on just one identity. So if I were to solely say same-sex couples, um, that's going to exclude you know, any part of the queer community that doesn't identify as a same-sex couple, but they are part of the queer community. So this might involve, you know, a heterosexual couple where someone is trans. You know, you might have a trans man and a, you know, a woman, and it's a heterosexual couple. They're not a same-sex couple, but they're part of the queer community or the LGBTQ community. So I would say just default to LGBT, LGBTQ, until you get more comfortable with some of the other, you know, phrasing or terminology. And the nice thing is, if you're ever in a situation where you're working directly with someone and you're uncertain, it's okay to ask. If, if someone were to ever ask me the question of like, hey, what terminology do you prefer that I use? I love that. 
I personally don't care, but if someone were to ask me that, oh, it'd be so amazing because I know that they're trying to be inclusive. And if I were to be someone who, you know, like the word queer was just not, I didn't identify with it, didn't like it, I would be able to inform them like, hey, this is one word that I don't identify with. Let's stay away from using this. But here are some options that we can use. That's incredible. And I feel like that is really one of the pain points that a lot of us in the industry have without wanting to offend anybody is right. So I love how you simply said, just ask, like, it's okay. (laughs) And like, that's for everyone too. It doesn't just have to be, you know, making these assumptions. If you are a gay couple or a same sex couple, or if you sense there's some kind of trans going on, right. We have our senses up and that's okay. It's safe even for heterosexual couples to ask. And I think I think there's beauty in that. And once again, going back to the heart behind these lenses is you're coming from a place of love and you're coming from a place of acceptance and you just want people around you to feel comfortable. So I'm all for asking the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And as long as you lead with that intention, the question is totally fine. If you say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm using inclusive language. Is there any terminology that you prefer I use? Easy then they know that you're asking because you're wanting to be supportive of them and you want to be conscious of, you know, their feelings and, and, you know, any trauma that they may be bringing into the conversation with certain words. I love this. And okay. I want to talk a little bit more about some words or phrases that we can clarify. So, so for example, and this is why this is, I'm getting a download, like a little thought bubble right now. Is I actually worked with this super, super cute gay couple. Um, they were two lesbians and they were just so adorable. And I remember as soon as I booked them, I went through the questionnaire process and I made sure to type in like couple number one or couple number two, or I tried to be really gender neutral about it. And what was interesting is one of the brides, she kind of caught me on that. And she asked if I could change it because she is a bride and she yeah. lived and she wanted to identify as a bride. And to me, that was obviously no problem. I made that quick fix and we kind of giggled about it. But I think this is an important conversation too, where we can sometimes be too overcorrective and, or mm-hmm. too, um, I don't want to say too open. That's not the right word, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, we can, you know, go in to make these changes and make these assumptions when they're not always true. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what and that comes a lot with, you know, when people are like, oh, well, when is it appropriate to use gendered language? When is it not? Or, you know, should we use gendered language? And I would say, like, if you're looking at like the most broad scope of things, be generic. You don't have to use gendered language unless it's appropriate. Right. So some brides do identify or some, you know, some females do identify as brides and they really want that label. Some do not. Right. Some people really want to, to know that someone's their husband or their fiance. Some people want the terminology partner. And so I would say when it comes to like your website, so your main pages, you can go ahead and remove gendered language because even if you're working. So the reason I say that is. I see a lot of photographers who's, you know, in the wedding industry, they talk to their brides. So even if they're exclusively wanting to work with heterosexual couples, they've already excluded half of their couple because they're only talking to the bride and not the guy. Mm-hmm. And so just removing, you know, lang- gendered language in that scenario is great because then you can appeal to both brides and grooms or people who don't identify as either a bride or a groom. They want some other you know, phrasing to be used for them. When you're talking a specific scenario, like you're if you're blogging a specific wedding or you're working with a 
you know, specific client and you know that they want to be called a bride or a groom or female or male, you can use that language. And like we talked about earlier, if you don't know, you can ask. So when it comes to things like contracts, that would, I would say is something pretty generic. So I would probably, you know, just kind of keep it as client one, client two. Um, that's how I have my contract set up. But in your instance where they asked you, hey, is it okay if you go ahead and put bride? Absolutely make that change. Because if they want, like if, if someone wants to identify as, you know, a specific label or they really want that experience, they'll let you know. Uh, and so just starting as inclusive as possible and then honing in on what they want is a great way to go. And if, you know, even before you get to the contract, if you wanted to ask them if they have a preference on, you know, contract, that's fine as well. But I'd probably wait until they told me that they wanted, you know, that terminology changed. Yes, this is so helpful. I feel so it's almost like kind of a broad scope. So when you're kind of speaking to the masses or you're kind of, I would imagine your website being your front door, right? As people are knocking, yeah. taking a peek in, seeing if they even want to come into the party. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> having those more general neutral um, titles and labels is great. And then I'm even thinking right now, this would be a great way to kind of like on that intake form, or maybe once they do have the contract rollout, like it's totally okay to ask them, Hey, how would you like to be identified? Or what do you identify as? I feel like that is safe and open. And for anyone that's listening, you're going to have these instincts. You're going to have these things. I wouldn't say don't make these assumptions, but sometimes it's okay to make them just be careful. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up like intake forms or contact forms it's a great way to let people tell you right off the bat how they want to be referred to. So if you were to go look at my website, I actually just pulled up my intake form and I have full name, partner's name, but then I also include personal pronoun section for each person who is part of this intake form. They can go ahead and let me know, you know, how they identify gender wise. And that's really helpful for me because even if I were to get an invite from, let's say a Blake and a Riley, I have no idea if that is two males, two females, one of each. And so letting them choose their pronouns, I know who I'm talking to. That is so helpful. And I love how that could kind of already set the precedence and create that inclusivity. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> um, you can be you can be more inclusive right out of the gate. And I love that. So if there's any questions, it just kind of gets rattled out. And then even just addressing emails, right? I mean, you don't realize how much these gender labels, you know, are in our just daily language and we don't even realize it. So to be really welcoming and honestly add that personalized touch. This is what this is about. Okay. I feel like sometimes as photographers, we get into this realm of creating images for a portfolio and trying to create these style me pretty images. And at the end of the day, we truly are just documenters of the most precious memories and milestones of our couple's lives. So there's, there's nothing wrong with taking that extra step and truly just making people feel welcome and loved before you even pick up your camera. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you said about how, you know, as photographers and as wedding vendors, these people are inviting us into like very intimate, you know, moments in their life. And that's something that's so important to remember is they're inviting us into, you know, some of, if not the most intimate moments of their life and letting them know that they are free to, you know, welcome us in as, as much or as little as they want is, is really helpful in being inclusive. And it kind of sets the tone. They know, okay, 
I am safe letting them in to this part. If they decide that there's an area of their life that they don't want to let us into, that's fine. Because, you know, we we are a vendor for them. We're not, you know, their best friend. We're not. It's important to recognize and remember what our place is. So that if there is an answer that they're not wanting to, or a question that they're not wanting to answer, that's okay. Then we just stay away from using, you know, specific wording that might change, you know, what that dynamic would look like. Yes. This is so helpful, Ty. I'm loving this conversation, seriously. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we've chatted about a lot of words that we can add to our website. We can add to our social media. We can be more inclusive in your opinion, because I feel like everyone has their different thoughts. um, What are some, (laughs) what are some buzzwords or some phrases or anything in particular that comes to mind that we should avoid, or maybe we should kind of filter through and pull out from our website? Yeah. Again, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule for this, but I think it's really important to know, you know, what type of trauma might be packaged with some phrases or some terminology that you use with each community that you might want to be a part of or inclusive to. So one thing for the LGBTQ community that can be extremely triggering just because historically these types of, um, you know, groups have not been inclusive is any group around formal religion. So for me, I was raised in a really conservative Christian family. So I'll talk to Christianity just because it's what I'm familiar with. But a lot of times I might see, you know, someone's bio that says, um, wife, coffee addict, follower of Jesus. Like, first of all, cringe because it's very basic. Don't hate me or cancel me for (laughs) saying someone's basic for using those words. Um, But um, what I will say is, if something's not like integral to the identity of your business, you probably don't need to include it. If your faith is a really big part of who you are and who you are as a business, that's fine. You can include it. Just be conscious that there might be some baggage that comes with that, you know, and I know lots of people who are, you know, part of formal religions who are extremely inclusive, extremely active allies but they also have to go a little bit further out of their way to show as such. Um, So if they talk about, you know, how important their faith is to them on their business pages, they also have to go even further and talk about how inclusive they are because of that faith, how much, you know, they, it's important that they show all representations of love because they were called to love others. You know, they have to showcase that, you know, those things that can have, you know, some baggage attached to them aren't exclusionary things in their business. They're actually part of what makes them inclusive. Ooh, I'm loving this. I feel like this is, we talked about being like hot and juicy and this is it. (laughs) Like this is the conversation that um, people either are curious to have or have questions about, or like my favorite thing to bring up, especially on this podcast is is bringing to light things that we may not even realize we're doing. And I feel Absolutely. like, and I feel like that's why I really wanted to have this conversation with you, Ty, is because I feel like so many of us in our hearts are so open and loving and love humans unconditionally. But sometimes we get so close to our business that we're not even aware that we're kind of repelling people and not yeah. even, not even to our knowledge. So that's really helpful. Yeah, not even intentionally. And I think that's one of the big things is, I think a lot of people, you know, can be exclusionary without it being their intent. You know, they want to be inclusive, but there's small things that they can change to be more inclusive. And it's really just being aware of 
what might be turning people away. And so when it comes to like phrases to stay away from, I don't think it's, hey, you have to stay away from these, but just recognize, hey, this might rub someone the wrong way or it might make them feel a certain way. And so if you want to serve that person, you have to go out of your way to show that you are inclusive and that you are a safe space regardless of that aspect. Right. I love that. Hey, wedding photographers. After sharing sneak peeks, do you hear crickets? Now I'm talking about after a wedding day where you completely blew away the wedding experience. As soon as you were packing up, you knew that the bridesmaids and wedding guests were raving about you and excited to work with you again. But where are those emails? Where are those inquiries? And where are those booking contracts to make sure that you are secured for the next wedding? Well, what if I told you it was as simple as whipping out your phone capturing a handful of behind the scene videos and sharing them online. I have a free guide for you. It's all about quick and easy ways to capture those behind the scene videos for organic referrals, local followers, and building genuine brand awareness. Okay, this is a fun guide that you absolutely have to download today so you can look over and study before your next wedding. Because let's be honest, wouldn't it be incredible if you can book your next wedding while working your next wedding? Run, don't walk to grab this free guide called Book More Weddings, capturing behind the scenes to help boost easy referrals. You can find this link in the show notes or also on my Instagram in my link page. Hurry, hurry, hurry. You're going to want this to start booking more dream weddings. So, okay, let's go a little deeper here. I'm like feeling a little risky. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm a little saucy over here. So in your humble opinion, I know we feel a very certain way, but let's say someone listening really wants to, I don't even want to call it break into this space, but truly be more inclusive, but maybe they've been hesitant to for any type of backlash or, and this is maybe coming from their own family, their own friends, maybe they, in their hearts of hearts want to be more inclusive, but they're nervous of losing followers, which is just ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it, it's a thing. Okay. Yeah, so what so what advice would you give to someone that really does want to wave the flag and be an ally, but maybe they're just a little nervous? Like what kind of push or encouragement would you give to someone that truly wholeheartedly wants to be more inclusive, but is just a little nervous of making that first post or really, really making a change? That is a great question because it's something that so many people face it's going to be different for each person, right? So I would say very first thing is take an evaluation of like, what are the most important values to you as a human and as a business? If being inclusive is one of those values, then you have to do the hard thing and stand by it. Otherwise, it's not a value. It's just lip service. And so if you're going to say, this is something that I value as a business owner, I value as a human, you have to put action behind it. Otherwise, you're, you're not an ally. You're not being inclusive. You might not be, you know, excluding people intentionally, but you're not going out of your way to include them. So first sit down and figure that out. Um, and then if you decide, yes, I do truly want to be inclusive and it's more important for me to show love to everyone than to face the backlash that I might get from people who don't share those same values and opinions, then you can take your next step. That next step might be saying, screw it. 
I don't care. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to stand by it. Some of you might be a little bit more hesitant say I might lose followers. Yeah, you probably will. I'm not going to say you won't. <laughs> you probably will. Not probably, you will. But also recognize that as an opportunity to realign who your audience is. The reality of it is if you're losing followers, it's because those followers were not part of an audience that aligned with your values and your beliefs. And so truly those aren't, that's not an audience that you want. You want an audience that follows, you know, and, and aligns with your, your beliefs and what you value as a person, as a business. I see that all the time. I'll, you know, post something a little bit spicy here and there on, and actually I do it all the time on Instagram, especially <laughs> on stories. Anytime I do it, I'll lose a handful of followers. It used to be a lot more in the beginning of when I started speaking out. Um, but I'll, I'll lose a handful of followers, but I'll gain a lot more followers. And I'll also gain, people will slide into my DMs and tell me how much they respect and value what I've said and that I'm being bold and doing that. So just know that it's not that you're losing followers, you're realigning your audience to align with what your business values are. If you're still scared and hesitant to take that step, but you've already identified like, hey, these are the values that my business wants to stand behind. I want to be inclusive of the LGBTQ community, what I would say is the best thing is get involved with the queer community. Listen to people's stories. Listen to you know their experiences with whatever community you're facing. You know you're having fear of backlash from. Is it you know people who are conservative Christians? Is it people who you know value different things politically? Like just listen to their stories and their experiences. And as you do that, I can guarantee hearing that human aspect behind some of the you know scenarios that they've been in some of the hate that they have faced it will light a fire under your rear to say you know what i cannot be afraid if they've walked through that and so i'm going to make sure that i get over my fear so that i can represent people who should not have to face the things that they're facing wow i feel like that just literally lit a fire in comparison. And I hate saying that comparison game, but if you can truly compare your nervousness to make a post versus some of these really just heartfelt emotions and like real life scenarios, like people's real lives that they've had to overcome or they've had to, I mean, just experience is that's a comparison game that you should be kind of tuning into and then taking action on that. Yeah. And that's not to say that these fears aren't like extremely legitimate. They are. Yeah. I get that. And you might feel like incredibly isolated after deciding to make that decision. And that's okay because you can use that time and that hurt and that pain that you're experiencing to just show how much compassion that you have for others who are experiencing similar things or to even just be like, hey, this is something that I didn't realize that other people might be experiencing. I'm really glad I get this opportunity to walk through a small portion of that and have it as an opportunity to find people who truly align with what I believe. I love this. So, okay. So I have another question. I feel like I have a million for you, <laughs> but let's say, <laughs> I, love I, them. I love all these like stories and they're all kind of like, they're all linking together and it makes perfect sense. Let's say you've already gone through this process, right? So you've taken our advice, you've reached out to a local friend, maybe your maybe your brother's best friend is a super handsome gay guy and you're like, "I you know what? This is the closest one I have here in my in my neighborhood." <laughs> like, I I really want, you know, and you you've gone through the process, you've um, you know, you've updated your website and you feel super confident that you are heart-driven behind creating this photo shoot. 
You are obsessed with the photos. They came out perfectly. Him and his boyfriend both decided that this is a great idea. And they're so thankful. They even invited you over for dinner and appetizers after your shoot. Like this is just a really great thing going on. Okay. I'm painting this picture. (laughs) Let's say you're ready to post. Okay. What do you post? Do you have to say, Hey, by the way, I am an inclusive vendor. Can you just genuinely make it about the couple? Like, like let's chat, like let's chat about captions here, Ty. Like what type of impact can we make with these? Because, and this is just totally my humble opinion. Like there's nothing worse than just being like, (laughs) Oh, Hey, by the way, here are these super cute two gay boys that I love and adore and you should love them too. Cause they're cute. Right. Like, Let's go a little bit deeper and kind of create a strategy for posting for anyone that may be thinking, gosh, like I have these, what do I do next? Great question. And I'll ask the uncomfortable question back. It's a little bit rhetorical, but do you think about those things when you post a heterosexual couple? Ooh, that's a good one. I I would say yes, in the sense that sometimes we all feel stuck where you want to be really creative and you don't want to just post a quote. Okay. (laughs) So I would say, I would say some of those like writer's block things happen with captions, but I'm so happy you brought that up because the initial answer is no. Yeah. Cause it's not exclusive to who you're photographing. Right. So I, I would say, especially if it's one of your, you know, first couples or first, you know, foray into the, you know, photographing or showing that you're inclusive of the LGBTQ community, I would even say maybe stay away from using a caption that talks about your inclusivity, because that leans it more towards the tokenism side of things, which hopefully you've already told them, hey, I want to photograph you because I want to showcase inclusion. But that doesn't mean that they need to be the poster child anytime you talk about inclusion, right? So you can just talk about love or talk about photographing couples because that's what they are. They're a couple. Um, They're one of your wedding clients. They're, you know, an engagement session, whatever. I would say just caption it like you would a straight couple or a heterosexual couple. Now, as you have more and more clients and you have more and more LGBTQ plus couples as part of your brand or that you're showcasing, yeah, you can, you can pair it with a queer photo every once in a while here and there. But I would say like, don't use it as a token showcase those things on their own and use other posts to talk about your inclusion because people will see that you're being inclusive not that you're only talking about inclusion when you have somebody who's a minority right and so a lot of times this conversation comes up around june or during pride month people will post the one same-sex couple that they have and talk about how inclusive they are And that's really, really tokenizing. I won't say across all circumstances that's bad, but you're talking about your business being inclusive. Put your face behind it. If you want to talk about being inclusive, put your face behind it, your name behind it. And when you're talking about love, put the faces of the people you love behind it or the, you know, the the love that you're documenting behind it. Uh, So it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I have a same-sex couple. I'm going to caption it with same-sex things. Um, And even, (laughs) even even if your phone, you know, if you want to have a post or a comment that is talking about how you're inclusive of the LGBTQ community, you can put that on a heterosexual couple's photo as well. Um, It doesn't have to be only that. So I know that was a long answer, but yeah, if you, if you want to stay away from being tokenizing, make sure that you're not only doing it on photos of the community that you're trying not to tokenize. 
Yes. No, this is so helpful. And I feel like that has definitely been a struggle for a lot of photographers and in just, in just businesses in general, right? Cause you want like across the board, any business you want to be inclusive, you want to share this. And so I think to sum up, really, we're just celebrating love. That's it. If you can just share their love story, don't make it about you, make it about them and their love and their connection. Um, I feel like, just like you said, with any straight or heterosexual couple, like it's the same thing. Like there's, there's no different. Love is love. Exactly. If for like a straight couple, you're talking about the story behind how they met, like, oh, they met at this event or this bar or whatever. And it just like was fireworks. Awesome. Ask the same sex couple how they met. Talk about it. For them, it might be that they met at a drag show. It doesn't have to be like, oh, hey, here is gay. (laughs) You can just say, hey, here's the love story for this couple. And it doesn't matter that they're, you know, same sex couple or a heterosexual couple. I love that. Oh my gosh. And since we're on a roll too, I wanted your opinion on this because I, you know, we want to put our best foot forward with imagery. And so in the past, when I first started, I am not going to lie. I would go to Claire's and I would get two engagement rings, like two rocks, like wedding rings. And I would, I would photograph them together as if it was a wedding. Right. Or I would even be really sneaky. And this is me being really sneaky. Um, (laughs) but on wedding days, I would photograph two groomsmen together So, and, uh, you know, and it would just be like two ties, right. Or I would crop in. So it looked like there were just two gentlemen together. And, and so I, I would be really resourceful with creating that imagery that looked more inclusive. So like, what's your opinion on that? Is that being too sneaky and too crazy? Or is it being resourceful? Like, what are your thoughts on that (laughs) tie? Yeah, that, that is a juicy question. And you're going to get very, very, very strong answers from a lot of people in the LGBTQ community on it. I tend to think that it's a little bit tokenizing. Um, it's, and this is probably not an appropriate comparison to make. And I recognize that before I make it, but it's similar. It's it's kind of like the queer equivalent of using a light-skinned model who has a heavy tan to show racial diversity. That's kind of frowned upon as it should be, right? Like if you're going to say I'm inclusive of black bodies or Latinx bodies, show those people, you know, make sure that if you're saying I support this culture, you're not appropriating it, um, but that you're using someone who's truly part of it. That's typically where I tend to lean. So even if you're hiring, if it means hiring models for a styled shoot, make sure that you're hiring, you know, two gay models or two, you know, same sex models if you're wanting them to be for a same-sex style shoot. That being said, I do know people who have been in situations where uh, they didn't realize inclusion was not going to be part of the conversation. And so they were disappointed and still you know, found a way to show images that do show inclusion. I would say though, just maybe try not to brand it as like a same-sex couple or being inclusive of same-sex couples. Um, if it's something like details, nobody cares if you photograph a groomsman and a groom's shoes together. Um, but if you're if you're photographing, you know, a groom and one of his groomsmen and trying to make it appear like they're a same-sex couple, that's a little bit shady. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't post those pictures, right? There are multiple same-sex relationships, even if they're not romantic, right? So maybe you have a really awesome photo of a groom and his dad. Don't shy away from posting it. Um, just don't try to be like, 
oh, look at this cute couple. <laughs> just, just be honest to the scenario um, and then document the scenario as it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're cracking me up. Yeah, no, because I'm, I'm such a visual person. So I'm literally seeing that photo as you're explaining that. <laughs> I love that. And I feel like that always, you know, this is perfect. It circles back to being genuine, being heartfelt, being honest and being curious. I feel like that is something to, you know, if anyone's listening that is still unsure or still curious about the verbiage, Google it, ask it. Just like you mentioned, Ty, show up to your local communities, your local LGBTQ communities, volunteer, go make a new friend. I mean, you need to immerse yourself. If you're truly aligned with these values, immerse yourself into the lives and become friends with as many different people as you know, like as you possibly can know, it's just, that's when, that's when change happens, right? When we meet new people, we ask those questions and, ah, I'm just so thankful for you, Ty. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And one thing I will say is like, cause you know, it's come up a few times in the conversation of like, being afraid to say the wrong wrong thing. And, you know, the answer has always been like, ask or, you know, do it anyway. And really like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get called out on it. That's fine. Just use it as an opportunity to learn and be humble when you are called out about it, right? So like for, for you, you had a lesbian couple and she really wanted to be called a bride. Awesome. So what you what did you do? You said, absolutely. And you went ahead and changed it to be a bride. Right. So people are going to make mistakes or they're you know, going to use terminology that some people don't identify with or don't want to identify with. And that's fine. Just humbly correct it and move on. Uh, that is the best advice. And that goes for everything that doesn't just go for the wedding industry and specifically Absolutely. wedding planning and being inclusive. It's just life in general. Right. So I feel yeah. like I feel like I know a lot, but I feel like I know, I don't know as much. <laughs> so we're always, <laughs> we're always learning. And I feel like if we can do it from a heart centered background and truly wanting people to feel comfortable in their own skin, I'll say that a million times over. That's what this is all about. Yes. And there's a really great quote. I forget who said it, but it was, it's something along the lines of we do the best with what we know until we know better. And that's all it comes down to, you know, you, you do the best you can with what you do know. And then as soon as you get called out or you learn something new, you can integrate that into doing even better. Amazing. And what advice would you give to someone to, let's say, for example, you do get called out because this is the first thing that comes to my mind is I want to be humble, right? I'm going to eat my humble pie. I want to be educated and I want, you know, to obviously make everyone feel welcome, but we can't, it's impossible to make every single human feel heard and understood because there is, there's so much verbiage flying around and there's so many identities. So what, what is your advice where let's just say, for example, you do get called out. Is that something that's like a tell all, okay, I have to wipe the board. Do you apologize to that person and let them know that you're open to right? Cause I guess, I guess my, my question is that it's kind of a sticky middle right now as I'm trying to like find the words, but like sometimes someone's going to call you out on something and that's just their personal opinion. So how mm-hmm. do you not take that and then think that that's, oh, every single LGBTQ com- community member feels this way. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that's a great question. And I would say just, be willing to have the conversation. Um, so I, like, I've been called out before. I've called other people out before. And really in those moments, it's taking the time to be like, you know what? I am so sorry that, you know, 
I did like I, I hurt you or I did something that hurt you. Um, I would love to hear more about your experience with that and why that's something, you know, why that hurts um, and how I can be better. It might be something where it's it's not that you need to make a change, but you just recognize and acknowledge the hurt that it can cause. Then from there, like I would say you can decide if you need to delete something, if you need to edit something. But what I would say is in the event that you edit or delete something, because we'll, we'll, a lot of times we'll see this on Instagram, right? Maybe someone will post to their stories or they'll post a caption and get called out for what they say there in the, in the comment section. So if you get called out and you say something along the lines of, I'm so sorry, I would love to learn, you know, I'd love to hear more about your experience. Let them have their piece and have that dialogue Decide if it's something that you need to edit or delete from your caption, but keep that dialogue that happened in the comments there, right? Let people see that you were called out. Let people see how you were, you know, humble and gracious in your response and willingness to learn and let it be known that like, let people see what was said in response to that, because not only is that going to one, help you as you're learning, right? Um, it's also going to help other people learn who may be in a similar position as you or may have said the same thing as you or may have probably had thought along the same lines or would have said the same thing. And it educates them on what an appropriate response might have been. And it also helps people who you're wanting to be inclusive towards. They see, wow, no, this person, they know that they're going to mess up and they're willing to take ownership of that and not hide from it or hide that they messed up. That's just being an adult. That's being a kind spirited human who's always willing to learn and to take advice from others. Like we're all just humans trying to figure this out. We're all, like I always say, we're just souls and spirits in these bodies, right? Like we're all in this together. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I was just going to say, um, and in an instance where like maybe you decide that you do need to delete something or change it, just feel free to edit the caption and acknowledge that, but then leave the dialogue below so people can see it. Okay. I have this one more juicy question and, <laughs> and I really just want your opinion on this tie because I feel yeah. like this kind of aligns with this conversation so far. So there's been these trends. I know you've seen these before. Um, and it's been the trend where let's say it's a heterosexual couple getting married and the guy's best friend or exactly some, where this is going. Yes, and some goof, some goofball, like, you know, some groom or somebody dresses in the, the bride's dress and imitates the bride and pulls the prank on, on the groom. Okay. So everyone has so many different opinions about this. It's, I've seen tons of the LGBTQ community, um, or just, I should just say humans in general, everybody, um, attacking yeah. these couples, or I've had even some photographers come. I've had actual girls come into my DMS and say, Hey, this happened at my wedding. I don't feel comfortable posting this because of the backlash that has been swirling around the internet. I personally think it's hilarious, but I don't want to offend anybody. So what are your thoughts on that, Ty? And is this something where some people are projecting their own like thoughts and opinions on it? It has nothing to do with their wedding day. Like, let's chat about that as we kind of close out this conversation. Yeah, great question. For the easy part, personally, I think it's very cringe when I see those. <laughs> yes. But that doesn't mean everybody does, right? Um, what I would say is just recognize that you're, you know, if, if you're the vendor in that situation, Document it because it's, you know, what you're paid to, to do. If you know that this is going to happen beforehand and you're uncomfortable with it, maybe decide if this is the right client for you. But 
in the moment, this is something that's happening, document it. But that doesn't mean just because you documented it, you have to share it, right? If you know something is going to be potentially divisive, you don't have to show it. Same with your couples. If, you know, maybe their groom thought it was hilarious, but the bride doesn't, they don't have to share it. And that can be a conversation between them. You don't have to be part of it. But I would say, yeah, if you're if you're in a scenario where even if you think that that trend is hilarious, but you're wanting to be super inclusive of the LGBTQ community um, and you think that it might be really damaging to that potential for inclusion, just don't post it. It's not something that needs to be shared. Yep. I love that. And I'm so happy you mentioned that because we can all have our opinions. We can all, right. We all have very different sense of humors. I mean, I've, you know, I've even showed videos like this, you know, to my aunts before who are happy lesbian couple and some, they think it's hilarious, right? So it's, it's just, it all, it's so subjective. And I feel like that's what's kind of, you know, holding a lot of us back with posting and having these conversations because we just, we just don't want to be called out. We don't want to hurt anybody. And we just want to kind of stay in our same safe space or same comfort zone, but that's not how change happens. That's not how life rolls. Right. So, oh my gosh, Ty, I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you for answering all these really crazy questions and, Absolutely. <laughs> and being so open. So obviously you're my BFF, you're my salami and cheese and box wine BFF. Um, how, <laughs> How can everyone find you, work with you? I know you have resources on this. Your blog is incredible. How can people be your new best friend? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, um, at Tyzy Wilson. Uh, also, my website is tyzywilson.com. And yeah, like you said, I have some resources on there. Uh, one of them being a glossary or a index of vocabulary for LGBTQ terminology. Uh, so if you're not familiar with certain phrases or terminology, feel free to download it. But also like if you need to get a hold of me, ask any questions you're afraid to ask, don't feel afraid to slide into my DMs, shoot me an email. Totally happy to answer questions people have and you know, all in support of building more inclusive businesses. You are so incredible. I love your spirit. I love your heart. And I love that you are truly not just an ally, but a pure advocate for the LGBTQ community. And it's just, I'm just so happy you're my friend. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And thanks for having me. It's truly an honor. Thank you, Ty. That's a wrap on another episode of Kiana Marie Weekly. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. You can find the resources and show notes for this episode and more at kianamarie.com slash podcast. I'd be honored if you'd show your support by leaving a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on dancing.